Heyo. It's Phil Racer. He's Nate McBride. He's Aaron Kenny. We're ready to talk again. It's going to be a time off. Now we are pumping out these division previews. Let's have some fucking fun. Boys, start with you, Nate. How are we doing tonight? Oh, buddy, let's fucking get it. Drinking a little rolling rock over here. Mm. Ready to keep rolling along with these fucking previews. Let's do it. Aaron, what do you, what do you got over there, cowboy? Um, I am throwing it back to the old Milwaukee here, boys. Really getting Ooh, classy up in this place. I love it. Old Milwaukee, Jesus, buddy. Keep keep the domestic violence down. <laughs> uh, fun fact, last weekend was the first time I ever had old Milwaukee, and they only had a 30 rack, and I was like, I have to try this, so now I have a fridge full of it that needs to be drank at some point. <laughs> I thought he was about to say, fun fact, last weekend was the first time I got a DV complaint. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm over here just enjoying one of North Carolina's finest little white zombie. Thank you, Catawba Brewing. So, mm. boys, the Atlantic Division. Interesting division, uh, as we all know. Very top-heavy. Historically has been top-heavy, at least over the last five years. And we will start off with last year's reigning not only Atlantic Division champions, but also President President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers. A lot of in and out here, guys. A lot of in and out going on in this roster. Aaron, do you want to start off with those additions? So, big blockbuster move right after Calgary has everyone flee from him. Matthew Kachuk gets traded down there. And this guy, I'm expecting some big things from. This guy does everything you want on the ice. He plays defense. He plays offense. He hits. He fights. He gets under people's skin. He scores goals. Had a ton of points last year. I'm excited to see what he can do in that high-octane Florida offense. They also brought in Michael Delzato. uh, A little bit of depth on the blue line. Some veteran leadership. Chris Tierney, a guy who I enjoyed watching with the Sharks for a little while until he went to Ottawa. Uh, Bringing Rudolph's Ballsters as well. Uh, Colin White, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl with a pre- or professional tryout contract. So we're reuniting the brothers here, and Nick Cousins comes over as well. Yeah, dude, they made a lot of moves. Obviously, obviously that trade was the big one, right? Yeah. As soon as soon as Johnny Gaudreau bolted for Columbus, the writing was on the wall there for Matthew Kachuk, and I think that was kind of his, you know, get me out of here. Now everybody was thinking Matthew Kachuk was going to go to St. Louis. He's from there; it makes sense. Blah blah blah. Nope. He gets to head off down to South Beach. Well, South Beach South Beach adjacent, if you will. But before we go into the subtractions, Nate, how are you feeling about the Panthers and all these moves? Um, you know, I was going to say when we first started talking about them, um, cue sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't – I mean – the moves were all right. You got, I think Kachuk's probably just, that's the headliner of it. Uh, Mark and Eric Stahl, they're kind of getting up there in age. I don't know how much they have, how much gas is left in the tank is to be seen. Um, Michael Delzato, yeah, he's a good, you know, second, third line D guy, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not right. I'm not feeling good about it. I don't think it's going to do much to change that team. Yeah, they kind of went bargain bin shopping here. I mean, it, they blew their load on Matt Kachuk. What do you mean by that? And they don't have a lot of cap space left, and they don't have a lot of pieces to move left, especially after trading away their first last year. So, I mean, they, they're just trying to That's throw shit like, the wall and see what sticks here, I think, with a lot of these guys. Some going-out-of-business-sale type of guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
They signed Spencer Knight too, their first round goal, you know, goaltender who has been fighting with Bob for time. They signed Bob to a long term deal. Do you think Sergey Bobrovsky gets dealt at some point during the season? And if he does, who takes that contract? Fourteen, fifteen million dollars tied up between two goalies is not sustainable. So I mean, it, before that deal's up, I don't see him finishing that deal. I oh. I think they keep him this year, maybe next year if he has a great season. But that's going to be Spencer Knight's net before long. They're going to be clamoring for Spencer Knight too, and to unload that contract. Like I could see like Montreal, depending on what happens with Carey Price, taking Bob on just to like help hit the salary floor because that team is gutted. But like, you know what I mean? I, don't, I mean, I think they'll rock with Bob for the year, but there's. There's a lot going into the goaltending situation in Florida. Um, they had 122 points last year, guys. And what was it like? They had 30 wins when they were trailing at some point, I believe, was one of the statistics. They were and, running gun. Mm-hmm. All offense. Averaged over four goals a game. Like, that team was putting pucks in the back of the net at an astounding rate. Um, Nate, would you run us through these subtractions real quick before we forget? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you lost a big name in Jonathan Hiberday. Um, our, our one favorite fan, Cats fan since 96. Cats since 96. Uh, fucking Mackenzie Weger, he bye-bye. Uh, former yeah, Marcus Nudevara, he bye-bye. Uh, Robert Haig, Joe Thornton, Noel Achari, Ben Sherratt, Claude Giroux, Mason Marchman. A lot of a lot of uh, trade deadline guys on that team last year that are not there now. Yeah, they went all in. Yeah, they did, and I I, I respect it. They tried. They got swept in the second round by Tampa. Which they correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Did you call that McKenzie Weger trade after that uh, bonehead goal against the Lightning? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said you got to get rid of that fucking guy. Bitch, at the time I was like, man, he's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty bad bad turnover bad situation he played there but like on one play but i mean they they jetted him out when they saw matthew kachuk on the market hey you know what they looked at it and they said the sum of what he presented us didn't over didn't outweigh that one shitty moment and so adios we got i think they just listened to the podcast and took your advice i mean i wouldn't blame them i'm i think we're smarter than that front office <laughs> I uh Bill Zito, see, previous Columbus guy. I'm excited to see Barkov and get Chuck on a line though. Yeah, I, I could see them doing some things. Those yeah. guys are both great two-way players. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um what do you have for your X Factor, Aaron? Um, so I've got a little bit of an unconventional one here. Chris Tierney. Uh mm-hmm. I watched this guy play in San Jose quite a bit, and he was always lower in the lineup. But he's got a little bit of underrated offensive flash. Um, he he kind of does a lot of things that you want without a whole lot of crazy highlight reel stuff. But every now and then he'll just have a wild breakaway, make a crazy move. I, I think he could be a real nice piece on the third line for this team. Give him some depth. Yeah, that's totally fair. Especially with Duclair out until like probably December. Yeah, he's out with that um, Achilles. You know, they'll have to find some offense because – yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I'll tell Turned you. By committee to pick up the slack for some of the guys that left. Yeah, I'll tell you who else is going to be a, a definite X factor is I, I think it, it's got to be that just the goaltending as a whole between Spencer Knight and Sergey Bobrovsky. Like, how's that going to look this year? And 
Um, how's you know Sergey going to hold up? You know how he's thirty four now. Uh, yeah. So he we're getting up there in age for old Sergey Bobrovsky. Not saying that it's running out of tank, running out of gas in the tank time yet, but. It is pretty wild to think that you have a two-time Vesna winner and a high first-round pick as your goaltending tandem, and that's your biggest question mark. It really is. Yeah, it's a question mark on stability more than anything, too. Like, we know what Bob is at this point. We know what he can do. Yeah, it's, it's how do they handle what's going to turn into a tumultuous, tumultuous situation, whether they like it or not. I do think... Their coaching has been upgraded, though, I have to say. I mean, they got into kind of a weird situation there last year with Quinville yeah. getting outed there early in the season. And Andrew Burnett basically just coasted off the talent of the team the whole rest of the year. I mean, they lit it up. They always scored from behind when they were down. And then in the playoffs, when it came time to make adjustments, he was just like blank look on his face, didn't know what to do. So I'd be interested to see what uh, Paul Maurice does with that defensive zone. I mean, Winnipeg always had good defense under him. They, they were always tight in there, and I could see that kind of bringing up Bob's save percentage, which has been a little suspect here recently. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, yeah, um, so they obviously won the division last year. Where are we thinking they finished this year, Aaron? Um, I have them as second place, actually. I think – all in all, regular season team, they are probably a little bit worse, but I think they did add some good veteran experience there. Um, some guys that maybe won't always show up on the score sheet, but are going to take care of the puck in their own end and kind of mentor some of these young, high-flying guns. I, I have them as a solid second. Fair. Nate, how are you feeling? Um, I'm slotting them in at second as well. Uh, funny enough, I, got, I have them at second. I think they're still going to be able to get you know enough I think they're going to be good enough to get, you know, probably not a hundred, you know, probably around that hundred mark, maybe, you know, around 90, 92, somewhere around in there. And I think that's good enough for second to division. That's fair. That's a clean sweep. I think they're going to come in second too. I think last year was, was an overachieving year. I think this year they'll come down to earth yeah. a little bit. Um, let's hop down to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The most talked about team in the NHL, arguably, uh, the center of hockey mecca, Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, last year they came second in the division. They had a great year. Um, and once again, unfortunately for them, I will say, they got pitted in the first round against Tampa, and they lost in seven games. Because once again, as we know, down in Tampa, they don't lose game seven. Not very often. So they brought in a lot of new guys. And I think just to start off, the biggest question that they had last year was goaltending. And they brought in Matt Murray. How are we feeling about that? I love that move. I think that's a that's a that's a great move. Yeah, he's a Stanley Cup winning tendy. I think a lot of the league has been down on him these last couple of years. I mean, he he had some pitiful seasons in Ottawa, where let's see here, we've got save percentages eight ninety three, eight ninety nine. He got a couple games stint in the AHL after an injury. I mean, he. It's a buy low deal for Toronto, but this guy's got pedigree. I mean, he had good numbers in Pittsburgh. The Ottawa Senators are just a terrible team. He was injured a couple of those seasons. He uh, had some family stuff going on that was publicized. I I think this is a great bounce back opportunity for him. And Kyle Dubas 
and Sheldon Keith were with the Sioux Greyhounds back when Matt Murray was playing there, funnily enough. <laughs> so they know him from juniors. And I think this reunion could really produce some good results for them. And if that doesn't work, Ilya Samsonov was not terrible in his stint in Washington. So I could see him picking up the slack I, if Matt yeah, Murray goes I think down. That's another great move, too. Yeah. It's funny. I was going to say it's a great tidbit because this is in Toronto. It's a great tidbit right there, bud. Yeah. Yo, bad dad jokes. Um, oh, yeah. What I wanted to bring up uh, when it came to Toronto, before we get into addition and subtractions, I wanted to like open up the floor a little bit. They're playing Mitch Marner alongside Riley, and they're trying him out as a defenseman in certain situations. So I love that. I do too, and it's interesting. And the reason I bring it up is in football and in basketball, we're seeing more positionless, if you will, sports, right? You got guys like Debo Samuel who line up everywhere. You know, in basketball, you got LeBron playing point forward, you know? So when it comes to hockey, why would you not want your best players on the ice? And I think Mitch Marner, maybe like on a power play with Riley, and then they have, basically they have three and a half, four forwards in there, you know? And I'm not saying, it's not not like, you know, we're Blue Jackets fans. It's not Zach Wierenski running the power play with, you know, four forwards. It'd be like a forward and, you know, a forward and a half kind of deal with with Mitch Marner, right? He'll do both. And yeah, like, he's got some good defensive prowess on him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I wanted to talk about, do you guys like the potential for, for hockey to go to, like, more of a positionless kind of style? I love it. I, I think, yeah. especially for a team like Toronto, they're so top-heavy with those four forwards, and you can't have them all on the ice at once. If you're down late and you're pushing for a goal, throw Mitch Marner out there. I mean, he... He's going to take care of the puck in his own end. I mean, it, he's not used to going back and retrieving stuff off the walls, but Riley's there for that. And he can really give you a nice look on that point. And he's such a good passer, man. I mean, he can facilitate from up there a lot better than, you know, going down, dipping below the circles, all that stuff. I, I really like this move. And if you have, it takes a unique kind of player to do it. But if you have a guy like that that can rove over the ice, why not employ him? Especially with Toronto's defensive situation, because they've got some injuries back there, and they're going to be very light on the back end here to start the season. Yeah, no, I agree. Nate, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as Aaron. I mean, I think it definitely takes a unique type of player. It takes a almost it takes a like a really solid two way player that has skill in the defensive end, but you know can also you know, also adds that value in the offensive. And he's, you know, you throw him in those unique situations, power plays. When you're down late, you know, you got the goalie pulled, you need an extra skater. He's, you know, a great extra body to have out there. Um, So, you know, I I love the move. And I could see a lot of other teams starting to employ it here very soon, too. Absolutely. Like, a guy that comes to mind is like a Patrice Bergeron. He always wins the Selkie as the, you know, the best two-way forward, essentially. And I could see a guy like Bergeron later in a scooter playing, doing that same kind of thing, you know, facilitating from the blue line, ripping it around, you know, trying to find guys like Pasternak. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, like a guy like a Jake Voracek who, you know, has some has a, has a little bit of a defensive streak to him. He's getting a little older, so why, you know, don't have him where he has to be skating up, you know, with the, uh, you know, on a break or anything like that. Keep him back. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I've seen Forachek made some bad defensive mistakes in his own end. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, maybe that's bad. just from watching him a lot, but like, I, I don't know if I trust him as much. Uh, one guy that comes to mind, we just talked about him with Florida, is Alexander Barkov, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a guy you can send out, have him take the face off, throw 
a wing up on that point, and then as soon as he wins the faceoff, skate back and cover it and, you know, kind of rove around. It, but the nice option it gives you, too, is you don't have to just have that one forward back there. I mean, you can have those guys rotate around if you get one or two other defensively responsible guys. And the more you get motion from up top, going down below, players switching positions, the easier it is to break down that defensive shell of the other team when you're in the zone. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, when it comes to, I guess I'll run through the additions real quick. Um, Toronto added Zach Aston Reese from Pittsburgh, you know, solid third liner, no complaints there. Um, we mentioned Samsonov, we mentioned Murray, um, Nicholas Abekubel, uh, Jordy Ben, Kelly Yarncroft, who I feel like has played for everybody in the last three years, and Victor Mede. Subtractions, uh, they lost, Mik- you know, is it Mikheyev, who... Yep. But, you know, the, like, meme god of Toronto everything. So they lost their meme lord. Um, Jason Spezza, tumultuous time there. Colin Blackwell, Andre Case, Jack Campbell, and Peter Morazic. So lots of ups and downs um, in terms of, you know, how this roster is going to look come opening night. Tavares is out until late October. And then Pierre Engvall is out for, you know, questionable amount of time. Jordy Ben, same thing. Timothy Lilligren, same thing. So, you know, lots of additions and attractions in Toronto, but... Aaron, I want to defer to you again. What do you think about X-Factors going into the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs? So my X-Factor for Toronto is a guy who they actually just got signed when they were concerned about a holdout, uh, similar to the William Nylander situation a couple years ago, Rasmus Sandin. This dude has shown a little bit of potential, but he's always been buried under that defensive lineup. Um, They've got so many top-end guys there on that left side that he plays. But now with a couple of injuries, he's actually got a chance to show that he can earn a little bit more minutes, a little bit more money on his next deal. Um, he signs for, I believe it was $1.2 million per season for the next two years. And I look for some big things out of this guy because this is going to be his first opportunity to really play some big minutes for this team in this big market and show what he's got. The biggest market. You could argue it's the biggest market. Yeah, in for, the- sure. for sure. Sure. So, yeah. I mean – and they love to have defensemen as whipping boys there. So it's either going to go really good or really bad for him. Yeah, it's a put up or shut up year for him. Absolutely. Um, you know, is it, you know, encapsulating the season, Nate, where do you think that they're going to wind up? Um, I got, well, first I got I to give my X factor here. My X factor is going to be, again, the goaltending. You know, what does Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov look like in net, in net for Toronto? If it works out like they hope, I have them for winding up first in this division. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. fair. Aaron, do you agree with that? Uh, 100%. I, I think goaltending can make or break this team. Um, the, the rest of the roster looks great, in my opinion. I, I have them at first. I think one of those two guys in net is going to pull it off. It, if one goes down, the other one has the potential to really step up to the plate. But they they play a great team game. They possess the puck a ton. They've got probably the best top six in hockey once Tavares comes back healthy. I I really like their prospects to win this division. Now, getting out of the first round has been obviously an Achilles <laughs> heel for this team for a very long time, so I'm not going to guarantee anything there, but I think they'll set themselves up in a good position to play against probably a little bit weaker team in a wild card spot. They have not advanced out of the first round since 2004, for those that don't know. And... I agree. They win the division. They'll get a wild card team. We think that wild card team is going to come from the Metro. The Metro is very difficult. Um, it could damn well end up being they have the 
the two seed, if you will, because whoever wins the Metro may, may have more points than them. Who knows? And then they end up with a team that we said, like a Columbus, that'd be a wild first round matchup for them. Um, but yeah, I do think they're going to win the Atlantic as well. I think it's, it's, it's their time. Um, the one big thing for them is how do they handle the pressure of the media? Everybody wants to talk about Toronto all the time. So how do these guys handle it? Um, they've been there, but they haven't done that yet. We haven't even mentioned 60 goal score from last year. Austin Matthews got to be a lead runner for the heart, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It is always in the running. Yeah. Austin Matthews, man. He's phenomenal. So I had to, had to shout him out too. Um, That's another guy that, uh, this is kind of a pivotal year for him because after this, he's going to be looking at what his future looks like. His contract's coming up. Um, I believe it. I don't think this is his last year. I think he's got one more after that, but he can negotiate an extension afterwards. And uh, according to Elliot Friedman, Arizona has prepared to make a big push for him at the end of that contract. He's from there. Yeah. He's not not going to play in a fucking college arena. Well, the, you know, stranger things have happened. You never know. But I, he does love Toronto. I, I don't really see him moving. But it's, I, it is, it is. If this whole team falls apart, I mean, who knows who the GM is going to be after that? Who knows if they just blow the whole thing up? I mean, it's they've been butting their heads against this wall of the first round for so long. I, I could see a shakeup after this season if it doesn't play out. If I, I mean, we can play the what if game forever. I, I think Austin Matthews would – I mean, the NHL would want him in a market where they're trying to grow. I don't know if Arizona's that market or not, but I think he would be the perfect guy to get shipped off to like a – I don't want to say Seattle, but like Seattle, you know? Someone yeah. that they really want it to succeed and someone that will have the cap space to pay him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bad teams this year looking to tank for those top picks in this loaded draft, and mm-hmm. – a year down the road after that, I think they're going to have some cap space, and there's going to be a few suitors trying to push for him. It'll suit Toronto well to lock him up before he hits free agency. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to go through that gong show. Um, let's go down to number three, shall we? The uh, what? What is this now? Three-time consecutive Stanley Cup finalist, three-time consecutive Eastern Conference champions, um, two-time consecutive, or they were at one point back-to-back. Stanley oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, we ha- hey, you, ha- you have to give credit where credit's due, Nate. And that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They came in third last year, and they, they gritted their way to another Stanley Cup final appearance where they did lose to Colorado, which I think everybody here can get a slight smile out of, a wry smile, if you will. However, um, they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning, guys, and they still finished third last year, automatic playoff spot, no, no wild card worries there. Um you know, going into the season, guys, uh, who knows what they're going to be? You look at their additions and subtractions, they're pretty minimal compared to everybody else. Would you agree with that, Aaron? Yeah, they were up against the cap again this year, and they had to do some funky moves to make things work. They weren't able to keep everyone, obviously. They lost uh, a couple big pieces of those championship teams. Uh, so they brought in a couple kind of buy low guys hoping to get something out of them to hopefully plug the holes and replace them. Uh, they brought in Philippe Myers, Vladislav Nemestikov returns there. Uh, Ian Cole comes in, responsible D-man, and Hayden Fleury. So yeah. I I think maybe one or two of these guys makes an impact, and the other ones, you know, they're, they're just kind of there. But, I mean, you just listed off Tampa's accolades. Who knows? They could turn all these guys into gems and make them look great on that team. It's really true. tough to bet against them. 
I, I do think their biggest thing, and, like, they lost McDonough, okay, Riley Nash, whatever, Jan Ruda, whatever. Andre Palat's the big one, guys. Yeah, that playoff performer. Yeah, that's the biggest one, for sure. I mean, that's a guy that's been with them for their two-cup and almost three-cup runs, so. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't mean, write off McDonough either, though. I mean, that, that guy played some big minutes down the stretch for, sure. for them, and he he's not super flashy, but he's just a solid, dependable dude. And they paid Sergachev. That's why they had to get rid of McDonough. But uh, Sergachev's more of the kind of flashy offensive guy. I don't know if he's ready to eat those minutes from McDonough or not. But that's going to be a big factor on this team, the way they hinge. He's actually going to be my X factor here. I mean, okay. it, I think well, that's, this why, team, that's why Ian Cole's there, though. Yeah, that's true. He yeah. he can kind of supplement him and support him. I I think they're they're expecting some big things out of Sergachev though, and they're they're kind of hinging their defensive depth on him because they they've always had you know one two three very good guys on defense, and they're they're really going to need him to step up and fill some big shoes there. Yeah, I mean they obviously that you know they still have um, why am I blanking right now? Victor Hedman, Jesus Christ, they still have Victor Hedman anchoring that. He'll play twenty eight. 30 minutes a night if he has to. I think Cal Foot's a rising star for them, too. He'll be That's a true. I like his game a lot. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he, I think he's. I think you'll see him on the second line this year. I think you can see him move up a line maybe. But um, I think I think him with Ian Cole would be a great duo. Yeah. Guy that's been around the league, played for a lot of great teams. Yeah. Ian Cole's a good one for sure. Uh, to Tough pair, pair too. I would not want to go up against those guys. You're not getting any easy ice with those guys on the ice. No. Yeah, and you and I mean, even if you get through the blue line, you still have to get it past Vasilevsky, the best goaltender on the planet. So good luck. That dude's I mean, insane. Yeah. How much longer can he hold, keep doing these things? That's all I want to know. He can't keep getting away with this. He can't. I'm sorry. There's 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 something to float. No, dude, it, it's that Russian gas, bud. Yeah. It, He'll play like this until his body just disintegrates, and then he's done. Hopefully yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I wouldn't be sad about that. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Nate, do you have an X factor for this team? Um, I, honestly, man, I think it is. I think it's in that defensive realm. I think it's, you know, what does Ian Cole look like back there for them? You know, guys like, you know, I think he's – I think he'll be a key piece. You know, him, Hedman – um, Sergeyev, how did these guys, you know, keep playing? And uh, and really that offense too. I think it's like guys like Kalorn and Stammer and Kucherov. You know, what are these? How long? You know, is the chemistry? We got a whole team of X factors. Is is the chemistry? Is the chemistry still there? My X factors chemistry. I like that. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with the easy choice here. I mean, I'm obviously gonna take Braden Boyd. Who I think is is a superstar. If he's not already a superstar, he's a superstar budding. I mean, he was he was hurt for a lot, you know, at the end of last year. But I, Braden points healthy for a season. That's a hundred and ten plus point guy, in my opinion. So, yeah, he's really coming into his prime here. This is, I think, going to be a huge year for him. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, uh, I guess I'll start off. Um, I think they'll probably finish third again. Just like they did last year. But if you told me that they finished first in Tampa and Toronto finishes third, I don't doubt it either. You know, the top three here is very fluid for me. Florida, Tampa, and and, in Toronto. I think they're the three best teams right now. I have Um, to agree with that. Does does everybody think they're going to finish third? Yeah, I got third still. I I think 
this division falls off a cliff after these three teams. I, I think there's one team, and it's the next team up that I think might be able to get in there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush them yet, but they do have injuries, and we'll get to them. And it's the Boston Bruins, guys. Um, last year they finished fourth, had 107 points. Um, I mean, you know, Boston's one of those teams, man. Like last year they lost in seven in the first round to Carolina. That was a dog fight of a series. Homer series. The Carolina got the last game and they won it. That yeah, that was a battle there. Yeah, that was a a, a gong show, if you will. Um, when we're looking at Boston going into the year, uh, they brought back David Krejci. I guess he got bored of playing overseas. Um, Anton Strawman and Pavel Zaka. They lost Eric Halla and Curtis Lazar. So not a lot of ad subtractions, but Aaron, run us through the injuries, man. They have a few key guys that are going to be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, and this is the reason that I think this team is going to uh, pull a Bryson DeChambeau and run right into the rope face first this year. Ooh, uh, this We got Brad Marchand out until November 29th. Charlie McAvoy, that anchor on defense, out until December 1st. And if that's not enough, their other good defender, Matt Grizzlick, is out until November 1st. So, I mean, we got three huge holes to fill in this lineup. Um, yeah. They always say the playoff race is kind of easy to predict after Thanksgiving. That's when the standings really kind of start to settle in and your your hole that you dug yourself is too big to make up. I do not see Boston in any kind of striking distance of the playoffs by the time these guys come back. And it's going to be a huge claw uphill to try and make it up once they get here. Not only that. But this team is once again a year older. I mean, this is the same core that won the cup back in 2011. And it's just, they're getting, they're, they're getting decrepit. They're always getting injured. Pasternak's a nice bright spot in the youth movement. So is McAvoy, but he's not going to be there for a little while. It's, I, I think the chorus is up here on Boston. They did get Krejci back. Um, Noted, hated NHL coach Bruce Cassidy finally left. Uh, so the locker room is allowed to heal a little bit. Krejci comes back from overseas. Uh, he's my X factor here, though, because I don't know what he has. It's I, I don't look into his numbers overseas at all because it's just not the same competition. I, I'm wondering if he can reclaim that second-line center spot and be a difference maker or if this game has changed too much for him because – Look at the last couple of years, man. The NHL has become a scoring fest, and it's all about speed. I just don't know if he can keep up anymore. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you. It's this is a aging aging team, and when you've got you know even the young even your young defender and Charlie McAvoy who's out until December, like that's a huge loss for a team like Boston. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's getting bumped up into a position that they (laughs) really shouldn't be playing. I mean, you got your third, fourth pair or your third pair defenders are coming up playing second guy minutes. Your second guys are coming up and playing first guy minutes. And I I think they're going to get exposed a lot there. I think so too. I'm, I'm, I, uh, I think we've, uh, we've got Phil little frozy boy here. So, um, you know, in the meantime, I guess, you know, what are you, where do you, I mean, do you, who, who's your X factor for the team? Uh, I got David Krejci there, man. If he can come in and fill that hole on the second line, 
the way they want him to. I, I think this team could potentially gut it out until they get these guys back from injury. But I'm I'm just the jury's out. He, he was awesome last time he played for him. I just yeah. don't know if he's got it still. So you're just so your big question is, is Krejci a hole filler? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. can he can he fill holes like he used to? Can he can he locate where the hole's at? Can he fill it adequately? Can he can he do what's expected of him? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, it's uh, for me. I I hate to be that guy that just continues to go back to it, but it's got to be the goaltending for me. You know how do, I think I think could Swayman stay the track that he was on last year, you know, Allmark I think's a good backup for him, but I think Swayman had a nice season last year. Jeremy Swayman is definitely their future in net. So I I think this is a huge prove it season for him, especially with these injuries on defense. He's going to be seeing probably high 30s in his shot count per game. So this is really a time for him to step up and kind of take that net. So I mean, he he really is going to kind of swing the season especially early on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is he is he your X factor? That, that he was uh, X factor. Okay, Aaron, who's your X factor? Uh, David Krejci. So he's coming back overseas, and it's all weighing on whether or not he can fill that hole at the second line center. Um, yeah. If he can be what he was before, I'm all on board. Like I, I think they can weather this storm. But I think this game has gotten so much faster these past couple years since he's been away. I, I think he's in for a rude awakening, probably. Uh, who knows? Maybe it was easy on him over there. He, he kind of rested up. He's, he's got a step back. But I, I don't know that he can be what he was before in today's NHL. Sure. No, that's fair. I mean, this roster, is it's definitely getting it's, it's older, as I'm sure we've mentioned here many times. Um, I have him finishing fifth in the Atlantic, guys. Where, where do you have him finishing, Aaron? I got him at sixth. I, I okay. think they fall off a cliff here. That's entirely fair. I think they're they're too veteran driven to fall off that far, but I think five is is my five break even point for them. Fifth, fifth, yeah. fifth here as well. Okay. I, I think the bottom of this division is just a mess. I mean, it's I, I have no clue how anyone's going to do outside of the top three. It, there are a couple teams that I like that have potential, but there's also like you got Boston there that, that's been there, done that, and are they going to get supplanted? But I, I just think it's just going to be really tight and messy down the stretch for everyone underneath the top three. You might Except as well for Montreal, dump, they're dead. You might as well dump the Bruins in the harbor. This team's fucked yeah. over. <laughs> I have their own tea party. Yeah, suck it. Um, <laughs> let's go down to the team that finished fifth last year. I think kind of surprisingly, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, 75 points. Not too many additions. They added Riley Sheehan and Owen Power, but man, Nate, they lost a lot of guys. We got those subtractions for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, subtractions: Will Butcher, Cody Eakin, Mark Pizik. Yeah, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. No, it's it's Pizik. You're right. Mark, Mark the Jan- next couple get easier. Yeah, Mark Jankowski, Drake Cal- Caligula. <laughs> Caligula. I don't know. Kajula. Not Tom easier. Dustin, Dustin Tukarski, and Aaron Dell. Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. here, this is a lot of uh, kind of older guys that I think they brought in to kind of keep this team afloat while the young guys mature. And now they're shipping them out to make some space for their prospects because this team is loaded with high draft picks for how bad they finished these past few years. Um, you've got 
some young, some youth on the defense. You've got Tage Thompson stepping up in that top line center spot, coming over in that O'Reilly trade from St. Louis. It's this is a team that is totally going to be dependent on these kids taking the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when it comes to like, dude, uh, Buffalo is—they're always the number one hockey market in terms of viewership um, in the United States for games that don't involve the Sabers. They watch every big time hockey game. And if it's honestly, if I'm a Sabres fan right now, the future is bright. But like, if it's not Rasmus Dahlin or Alex Talk, I mean, what are you really looking at here, you know? Yeah. Owen Power coming out of Michigan, man. This kid is highly touted. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's going to do some good things for him this year. He's just a question mark, I guess. We haven't seen him play yet. So it's like, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you, you can't make any assumptions at Got what it. he's going to do at the NHL level. I wish he was the jersey number 69. Power 69 would be an incredible jersey. Oh, yeah. Power 69, dude. Could you – I, I would buy that. I'm not even a Sabres fan. I'd buy that. That's, uh, that's all-time seller right there. It would be like having the last name Beer in your jersey number 30. Beer 30. Everybody's oh, yeah. in jersey. Exactly. So, uh, not a whole lot going on in Buffalo, unfortunately, for Sabres fans. Passionate fan base, like I said, but – um, Aaron, who do you got as the X factor this year? So my X factor for these guys is a guy that came over in that Jack Eichel trade last year. I, I think that trade really kind of is turning this team towards a youth movement. They're, they're kind of getting on the right track. I mean, they've been through how many rebuilds here recently, but it seems like maybe this time, finally, they've got a little bit going for them. Um, Alex Tuck came over. He had 12 goals and 26 assists last year for 38 points in 50 games. He was injured for a while, but he came over and really, really stepped up. I I liked him in Vegas, but he kind of is making Buffalo his team, I think, and I expect some big things out of him this year. He's from from upstate New York, too. It makes sense. Yeah, he's coming home. He's going to really kind of take a leadership role here, and I think that he is going to drive the bus for them offensively at least. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Nate, how are you feeling about the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, you know, I got them Buffalo Sabres coming in at number six in this division this year. Uh, you know, I think they're it's gonna they're gonna come down just a little bit. It's not quite ready yet, but catch me next season and let's talk again. Aaron, what do you got? Um, I've got them at seventh. I got them finishing behind Boston. I, I think there's still a year or two away, but I do like some of the things I've seen from them. I, I just think they need another kind of bottom-of-the-barrel year, get a couple more good draft picks, let the guys they have develop, and really kind of keep this thing going in the right direction, and they'll be up here in the next two, three years. I think seventh is very appropriate for them. Um, they're getting there, but they're not there yet, and I think that's the best way. The whole Jack Eichel debacle, too, that's going to deter free agents a lot. You know, like, yeah, this team, a team not letting you make your own decisions about what surgeries you get, man, that is just that that's pathetic. It's brutal. It's weak. It's weak. It's brutal, man. Uh, Yeah, I think seventh is is about right uh, for Buffalo. Let's go down to a team that you could argue that they overachieved last year. They certainly had a hell of a year in terms of taking home some uh, personal accolades. With Mo Sider bringing home the Calder, the Detroit Red Wings, they came in sixth, 74 points. Um, they added Andrew Cobb, David Perron, great piece. Oh. Ben, it, it, how do you say it again? I always fuck his name up. 
Uh, ben Sherat. There we go. Uh, they brought in Huso, the another tender from St. Louis, Dominic Kubalik, and Ali Mata. A lot of veteran presence. Um, they lost a couple tendies in Thomas Grice and Calvin Pickard. They lost Mark Stahl as well. But I like the direction this team is going. How do you guys feel they about got, the Red Wings? They got Nadelkovic up there in goalie. They, they're fine without Grice, man. Nadelkovic has been fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Fire. And Billy Huso had a great season last year, too. I mean, they got two solid yeah. options in that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. About this team and goal. Nah. And honestly, Lucas Raymond was great last year. Obviously, Mo Sider was oh, great yeah. last year. They have a lot of up-and-coming talent, and then they brought in a good amount of veteran leadership. So I don't think it's quite enough to, like, sneak into a playoff spot, but I think that you're – like, D- Detroit fans – and I've, I've been to a game in Detroit. Hey, Phil. Yeah. Hey Phil. They, hey Phil. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. All right. Well, that's. I'm. I'm glad you do. I. I legitimately think that this Detroit team's going to take a step up, and then 23-24 is when they start competing for a wild card spot again. But it, you know, Aaron, how do you feel about that? I. I have to agree. I. I think Detroit is an interesting team. I think they're going to be fun to watch. I can never question anything Steve Eiserman does as a GM. I. I love the moves that he's made. Steve and is my guy. Yeah, he's, he is great at spotting these guys who have potential to be better than what they were before. I still don't have them really that close to the playoffs. I have them finishing fifth here, but I, I think they do take some steps in the right direction. Um, Andrew Cobb is a nice addition, but he's going to be out for a little bit until uh, October 14th. But he's going to be a nice uh, piece of that second-line center there behind Dylan Larkin, who is – he's just been – Awesome player. I, I think he's primed to take another big step forward this year. This is a team – I'm really interested to see how they perform under their new coach, though, because uh, Jeff Blashill, he had them forever, never had any success. I mean, he never really had a roster to work with either. But how are they going to do under uh, – I think it's Luke Richardson. They brought in from uh, yeah. the assistant staff in Tampa – to come up, yeah. I, I'm interested to see what kind of uh, systems he implements and how these guys respond to it. But I, I still think they're a little bit away. Um, I honestly have Robbie Fabry as my X factor, though, because this guy has looked electric when healthy. Yeah. His only problem is his knees are made of glass. Like, this dude is always going down with something right when he's primed to blow up. So what, if he for, can... Not Bertuzzi? You're not going to go Bertuzzi? Uh. <laughs> You know, uh, he he is what he is. He yeah. he's a valuable piece, but like when you can only play in half your games because of the shot thing, which I I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Is, is that still going on in Canada, or have they? I'm sure in Canada it's still going on. I don't think I'll have a problem playing in the U.S. Well, when they play in a division with three Canadian teams, it's, it's like yeah, all those road games, man. That's going to add up not having that piece. But I, I really think Robbie Fabry is primed to explode if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's a good one. Nate, do you have anything different? Um, for next factor, uh, my guy is going to be Andrew Kopp and how he comes back off this injury. Um, I'd say it's a tie between him and David Perron and how they fit in this system. Um, but I think they're going to be key to helping lift this team into what I think is going to be a wild card position this season. So you got him fourth. I got him fourth. Woo! I, I could see it happening. Cause 
I, I don't know what to expect out of everyone else in this division. That's it's, what I'm saying, man. It's like you. It's like you said. You reach in for the cord. You you think you got one HDMI, but it goes to the other fucking PC cord. But no, nope. got a whole rat's nest there that you're trying to figure out what's what. Exactly, and who's going to come out? I think it's going to be fucking Detroit. I very well like, could be. I like it, Nate. But didn't we say that all five of the or all five, like five teams from the Metro are going to make it? Which means that only three from the Atlantic will. Which means the fourth place team won't get a playoff spot. Well, you know, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Nate, hey, it's fucking Friday, and Nate's already there, baby. I'm already fucking there. Fucking get off my case. Fuck it. Nine teams from the East in the playoffs. Yeah, why not? Take one of the teams from the West out. They suck. <laughs> I think Detroit finishes sixth, but maybe ten points better than they did last year. I think it's going to be really competitive. So I think they take a step forward. Yes, I, I, I agree. My X factor for them is going to be Dylan Larkin, not because of how good of a player he is. He's the captain, so he has to mesh all these incoming veterans with the young guys. And his yeah. job is going to be to bring everybody together. So that's I'm going to go Dylan Larkin for my X factor. We've already given our positions on that, so let's hop down to the Ottawa Senators. Last year, seventh place, 73 points, but Aaron, go through this because they had a fucking whale of an offseason. This is the team that I am on like Nate's on Detroit. I love the moves the Senators made. I, I still don't think that they're going to be enough to edge the uh, fourth and fifth teams from the Metro. But damn, are they going to score some goals? We bring in Claude Giroux, Alex DeBrinkett, Derek Broussard, Tyler Mott, and Cam Talbot in net. Cam Talbot, awesome season with the Wild. They trade for Flurry at the deadline anyway. He says, fuck you guys. I'm not going to play back up to Mark Andre Flurry. Gets traded over here, and now the net's his behind a team that has not been good defensively in the past. So we're going to see what he's really made of here. Um, Alex DeBrinkett, is he a product of Patrick Kane? Can he score 40 goals without him? Well, Tim Stutzla is pretty damn good at playing center ice and setting people up. So we're oh, going to see big, how that works the out. The big German. He's a big yeah. German. Ottawa. Yeah, he, he is going to be teeing him up for this guy. And Claude Giroux. He's getting up there in age a little bit, but he's still got a lot left in the tank. So I, I really like the additions that this team's brought in. And for not a whole lot of price either. I mean, no. the the big thing is whether they can re-sign Debrinkit after this year. Because Chicago saw that train coming. He's going to be owed a lot of money. And he may not want to sign with them because they were going to be very bad. If Ottawa has a bad year, does Debrinkit stay? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But this is his chance to really show that he's the one scoring the goals and it's not just Patrick Kane teeing him up for him. Yeah, oh, I mean, if you're going to have a guy for one year, you might as well get it on his contract year coming off of questions. You know, I mean, it, it makes sense. As Blue Jackets fans, we got two years of Breadman in the same fucking basket. Is our yep. Panarin really that good or was he made by Taze and, Taze and Kane? And, well, we, we figured that one out pretty quick. So, yep. Debrinkit's in that same boat, and buddy, if, if you want to get paid, you're going to have to play like it. I think that's exactly. the big motivating factor for him. Absolutely agree, Aaron. Um, Nate, who's your X factor for the Senators team? Or did, wait, did we go over who they lost? Uh, oh, we did not. Yeah. So uh, they're they're Fuck key, me. I'm sorry. They're key subtractions for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, MDZ Michael Delzato, Victor Mete, Adam Gaudet, Tyler Ennis, 
Chris Tierney, Philip Gustafson, and Colin White. Yeah, I mean, they got better at a lot of positions. That's basically what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- this looks a lot like Buffalo's subtractions where they're clearing out some vets to make space for these young guys coming up. Yeah. Is Sanderson going to make this team? I could see it happening. I could. Yeah, too. I mean, he's young defenseman out of North Dakota. Like, Dad, I think they're going to give every opportunity. Dad played in the NHL for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll give him a D. I think they'll give him a real shot, and I think he's got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into the year, I, you know what? We we have X factors written down, and you know we'll get Aaron. We'll get to you in a second, Nate. I'm going to take the first X factor here for this team, and. For me, like a lot of people are going to say guys like Debrinket. I think Debrinket, you, you're going to get the best out of a guy like Alex Debrinket, right? I think it's does Tim Stutzel take that next step? Does he I, move, I love that. Does he move up with a guy like Debrinket with him? Because Stutzel may put 20, 25 tucks in in a season, but to me, can he get up to 100? Can he get 70 assists on that line? Yeah. Which is, is feasible if Debrinket produces it the way that he can. And he got paid in the offseason, eight years, over $8 million. I mean, they bet big on this guy that yeah. he's going to be good for a long time. So he's he's got a little bit of pressure now to live up to that contract, but I think he can do it. Yeah, that's that's my big thing, too, is once a guy gets paid, where does his performance go? So I've Seeing that a lot now, too, where the, these teams are paying these young guys long-term, where we used to see bridge deals on these all the time. Uh, we look at Jack Hughes in New Jersey. He got big money for a long time before really proving himself. Um, who else do we got? Uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on everyone else, but it is a trend. Believe me. <laughs> no, I mean, there's definitely a list you can go up and down of guys that are, you know, it's not just hockey too. We're seeing it across the board in sports. The Atlanta Braves are one of the biggest proponents of doing this right now too. But you're, you're starting to see it where young guys are coming in and if they produce in their first year or two, Fuck the RFA deal. Let's get rid of the ELC and just get them on here until they're 28 years old. Yep. You, know? you want them to look like Pasternak making $6 million scoring 100 points a year. Yeah, exactly. And with new TV deals incoming too, these guys, are, we're going to start seeing some $20 million a year guys here in the next five, 10 years. It's going to happen. This, this so. cap's finally going to start going up again after this whole COVID debacle, and uh, they're yeah. going to be eating up that money. Agreed. Nate, who's your X Factor? <laughs> For the Ottawa Senators, the capital of Canada, Ottawa. What do you got? Um, I got to go with Mr. Giroux. What's he got left in that tank? What's there to contribute to this team? Because I think he can be an X factor, but it's what's left in the tank for him. For sure. I think. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a mostly assist guy, but you know, can he also put? Can he also tuck in? You know, you know, about twenty-five. Ooh, it'll be a good year. Yeah. If he's playing with the Brinkett and Stutzla, I can see that line lighting it up. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Aaron, what do you Aaron, what do you got, buddy? So I have got a guy who struggled a little bit last year after getting his young guy big money deal, Thomas Shabbat. Um, this dude blew up onto the scene a couple years ago. Good uh he he was a big time defenseman, put up quite a bit of points. Uh, but they also played very loosey-goosey around him. So can this guy kind of play a complete game here? Can he tie it all together? Can he really lead this defensive core and really earn that money that he's making right now? Because if they don't have that anchor on the blue line, this team's still going to fall apart. No, I agree. Nate, you you said Claude Giroux. What do you got him finishing in the division? 
I got the Ottawa Senators finishing seventh. I uh, I don't think it's there for them. I don't. I think they made good additions. I just don't think it's going to be enough to get them to where I think Aaron has them. I I got them fourth. I, I have Woo! these guys just outside that top three. I think they really solidified their goaltending. I like the additions they made up front. I still don't think they're making the playoffs. They're not cracking the top three, but I think they get close. And they're, they have a propensity for beating Toronto somehow, some way every year. So if they do find a way to sneak into a wild card or something, the Maple Leafs better watch out. Fair. I haven't finished in fifth. Competitive, but not where they want to be. You know, low 80s, high 70s in points. Right around that area. About a, about a point per game. But uh, let's go on to the last team, which may be the most contentious team in hockey. The team with the most Stanley Cups but also a team that is just in the absolute bowels of the shitter right now. Doghouse. The Montreal Canadiens. They are probably the worst team in the NHL. If That's what not, you get for being French. If they're not, they're bottom two. 55 points last year. They did add a couple good pieces, like some names I like. Kirby Doc, very young, promising player. Sean Monaghan, solid player up in Calgary. Mike Matheson, Evgeny Dadanov. And Yuri Slavovsky, maybe. And, uh, I mean, you go through the losses. How many of these are really losses? Matthew Pearl, Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie's a solid player. Ryan Poldling, Cedric Paquette, Sammy Niku, and Tyler Pitlick. Um, Nick Suzuki's expected back right around the start of the season. But they have so many guys right now that are on the injured reserve. But we need to talk about the former Hart winner and Vezina winner. If we can, Aaron, what's the deal with Carey Price, man? So he missed pretty much all of last year. Uh, he went through some kind of mental health stuff, uh, took a leave of absence after his injury. Uh, injury was announced after they reached a cup final. He and Shea Weber kind of both shut down for the season. Shea Weber not going to play again. Carey Price, everyone thought he would come back in the middle of the season, but he's he's an enigma. Nobody knows. Uh, he, he's got some serious issues going on with his knee, and it's it's not 100% certain that he's coming back. He's got a huge cap hit, so Montreal's more than happy to bury that on injured reserve for a little while until they figure out what's going on, use that cap space. But it's... It's kind of a fall from grace here because this guy was the undisputed best goaltender in the world for a while. Uh, took a little bit of a dip, and now he's fighting these injuries. Man, I I don't know if he's coming back. I don't want to speak and, on injuries and demons both. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to speak on all the shit that he's dealing with right now. Um, no. I don't know. No. Nobody knows but him. But it's. I mean, it, the number one thing is your life after hockey, and uh, I mean because th- this game's awesome. And these guys love playing it, but they've also got to live out the rest of their lives after it. So if he's getting to the point where he just knows he's not going to be able to pick up his grandkids because his body's so screwed up, then, I mean, it's I, I wouldn't blame him for hanging it up if he's deciding to call it quits after this. I mean, he had a good run. Sucks he didn't win a cup. I would like to see him win one. But he, he, had, he was an elite, elite goaltender for a very long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
that's really the big story out of Montreal is Carey Price. Because other than that, you know, I mean, we can go through X Factor. I mean, we're all going to agree on Kirby Doc or or Nick Suzuki, right? Yeah, I I want to see what Kirby Doc does. Um, yeah. Marty St. Louis is a very offensive minded coach. He's a players coach. He this team did have a nice uptick after he took over from Dominic Ducharme, uh, no longer leading the Douche Army. And he he's really know, giving these guys the the Ducharme. Yeah, yeah. So he I mean, I I'd like to see what he does under St. Louis and uh, maybe playing with Cole Caulfield here. Uh, th- those guys could put up some numbers, but I don't know if his entire game is there. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold it down in the defensive zone like a number one center really needs to. Of course, Nick Suzuki is supposed to be this elite number one center too, so I think it's going to be a dogfight for those guys on that top line. Dude, the Cole Caulfield debacle last year blew my mind. Kid tore it up at Wisconsin. He's up and down. It's like, dude, your team sucks. I get the pressure to win in Montreal. Your team sucks. Let Cole Caulfield play. He's, yeah. not de- he's not developing in the AHL. He's NHL ready now. Yep, and we saw that huge uptick as soon as St. Louis took over. I mean, he he came in and unlocked this kid. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Yeah. That's another X-Diver, guys. Nate, do you have anything to add on to that? Um, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying what's going to happen in this net. Can, is Jake Allen, you know, how can Jake Allen perform? Um, what does Sam Montebell do what is Caden Primel do for you? Why do they have all these <laughs> fucking French bastards with their uh-huh. names? God, they just lean the fuck into it, don't they? What, Jema Puffel? Yeah, suck my cock. Parlez vous français? Suck my cock, I'll murder your family. There, oh, that, God. how's that French for you? Oh, Jesus, pardon my French. <laughs> um yeah, we all have we all have the Canadians finishing eighth. That's a pretty easy pick. Yep, I think yep. the whole world has them finishing eighth uh in the Atlantic. They'll be mathematically eliminated by Halloween, probably. But hey, it's another season. You can go to the Bell Center, Canadian fans, and scream about, you know, the good old days, I guess, because they're the last Canadian team to win a cup in nineteen ninety-three. So maybe you get lucky and get Connor Bedard to play with your uh Surprise number one overall pick, Slavkovsky. Yeah, surprise is the right word. That was that was one of the biggest stories of the offseason in the draft, man. Everybody thought it was going to be Shane Wright. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, this this kid has got some hype to live up to now. Yeah, he sure yeah. fucking does. Absolutely. Boys, before we wrap up this episode, we got to do it. You got to pick. I guess there's only three options in this division based on what we said in the Metro. Realistically, which team left of those three do you think has the best chance to raise Lord Stanley's Cup? If it weren't for the years of futility, I would say the Maple Leaves, just because I think they're the best constructed team here. But until they can win a round, I can't pick them. I... I'm going to have to go back to the well of Tampa, dude, because Vasilevsky is the great eraser in net. I mean, yeah. I don't care what happens with this team. They lose players every year. They they retool on the fly. They do weird, quasi-illegal stuff to circumvent the cap with players on IR for the whole year to come back in the playoffs. I don't care. They're always there. They're, they're the ones that I 
can take to the bank because these other two teams here just haven't had the postseason success or the pedigree. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of hard to go against Tampa. Um, it would be kind of wild if Toronto doesn't win a playoff series for, you know, at that point it'll be 19 years and they just go and win the Stanley Cup. They'd be pretty fucking wild. So fun fact, uh, Zdeno Chara retiring has now made it so there are zero players in the NHL that the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever beaten in a playoff series. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Chara was the last I mean, I guess... man standing. Maybe he broke the curse. Holy fuck. The curse of Big Z is over. Also, fun fact about Zdeno Chara, he once played for the Kentucky Thoroughbreds. And if anybody has a Chara thoroughbred sweater from his time in the AHL. Shout out to our social media here. Follow us guys at Beerly Hockey. I'm at Postgrad Phil. He's at Stack I Nate. Aaron, what's your handle? Uh, at Aaron underscore Kenny nine, I think. I don't know. I never recited off. Perfect. Follow us all on Twitter, guys. If you have a Kentucky Thoroughbreds Chara sweater, Please DM me at Postgrad Phil. I would love to discuss buying that off you. Um, that man is a thoroughbred. Oh, yes, he is. Played a long time in the NHL. Um, also, guys, before I forget, uh, shout out to Nate and I's other podcast, Small Market Insecurities. Give us a listen uh, on Twitter at Small Market INS, Instagram, Small Market Insecurities, TikTok, Small MKT Insecurities there. Um, go give it a follow and a listen. If you're a fan of a small market team or maybe you're from a small market town, um, give us a listen. If you think your team should be small market, we're going to talk about it. Give us your reason. We're open to consideration. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we're we here to talk about the teams that ESPN doesn't like to talk about. So enough of the shameless plug. Boys, do we have anything else to go over regarding the Atlantic Division before we sign off on this magnanimous Friday evening? No, let's get the fuck out of here, boys. Shut up, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we pretty much beat this thing to death. I don't like a single team in this division, and it kind of hurt me to say good things about any of them. Well, it's called being a consummate professional, Aaron, and I appreciate That's it. That's true. Yeah, I powered through. Yeah, exactly. All right, boys. For Aaron Kenny and Amy Bride, I'm Phil Razor saying, Beerly Hockey. Pairs well with Bruce. Hello, broadcast boys.